You're listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Injury into the home straight, still in front. Cheddar made better, gets to second. Yes, uh, Nathan Dawson, uh, Cheddar or better. Chris Barsby joins us. How are you, Chris? I'm well, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. I happened to watch a couple of races yesterday. I heard your commentary about the week that he's had and what a brilliant young driver with amazing statistics. He's only 27 years of age, Nathan. Yeah, absolutely right, Steve. And I, I want to dive into this just a little further this morning because it was brought to my attention yesterday. He's on pace to become... Uh, the, the, the first driver to, to register the quickest century of wins. Uh, so he's on 97 wins for the year. And our year started on January 1. So we are three months of the, se- uh, three months of the season in, and he's already brought up 97 winners. Uh, he's got a great book of drives today. He's got a great book of drives tomorrow night. So in all likelihood, Steve, he is going to break this record either today or tomorrow. So as it stands, the quickest century of wins uh, is shared between two legends of the game in Daryl Douglas and Chris Alford. Two months and 26 days it took them to bring up uh, a century of wins. But I think there's just a little bit of an asterisk with that because that was done. Well, Daryl set his record back in 2008, 2009, and Chris did it in 2017-18 as you know we've changed our season now and we're in tune with the calendar year where previously we used to race from september right through until august so that being said nathan's been able to do this or is he about to do it in the first three months of uh the year and given that february is such a short month um it's quite phenomenal so I think it's uh, only a matter of time. So Daryl Douglas, Chris Alford. Uh, next is Kieran Manning, uh, three months and one day. Uh, Daryl's also done it many other times, uh, three months, four days, three months, 12 days. Kieran's done it three months, 17 days. So uh, I-, I can't find a Queenslander on that list. So not only is Nathan going to appear on this list, but he's going to go straight to the top. So it- it's quite phenomenal. He's had 12 winners this week, Steve. Didn't get a winner on Monday night at Redcliffe. He had his first fiver on Tuesday. He got a quartet on Wednesday night. He had another treble last night. And like I said, he's got big books today and tomorrow. So it's going to be very interesting. And I'll be keen to get the thoughts of Darren Clayton on this as well because mm. uh, he's setting a, an absolutely red-hot uh, speed right now with the amount of wins that he keeps bringing up. Chris, just as an exercise, I went through his drives today. Um, so in the second race here, the first of his drives, he drives Waterline a $5 chance. In race three, uh, Mammal's Destiny is a $10 chance. I'm a Mammal's Destiny is $10 in the third. In the fourth, he drives Tactfully Miracle 460. Race five, Jillaby Typhoon is $9. Mistrepo in the next race six is $8.50 chance. In race seven, back in 20 is 480. And 460 knocker war one in the last on the card. So, a lot of, most of the, well, they're all each way sort of odds, aren't they, this afternoon? Yeah, it's not as if he's driving clear favourites. And, and Darren Clayton outlined this on Wednesday morning when we were talking about uh, his efforts so far. A lot of the winners that he's had this week haven't been uh, clear favourites. Uh, a few of them have gone around at nice odds. So, uh, just going by those prices there today. Uh, so, 
Um, you know, he's got a good book, strong book, but there's no clear standout favourite. So, um, and this has been the case all week long. So that that horse that you just replayed there, Cheddar Made Better yesterday, I think it was tens into about fives at one stage. I think it SP'd the favourite, but I think off the back of that, um, it was it was just the the backing of Nathan Dawson that seen it shorten so much. So, and he duly got it home. So, uh, very impressive. And I think he's only six wins away from 1,500 victories overall. So he's been at the very top for the last couple of seasons now. He's been chasing home his cousin, Pete McMullen. But uh, it looks like he's going to, uh, you know, really shatter a lot of records this year. He's chasing Pete's record of 315 wins for the most by a Queenslander in a single season. And uh, the way he's going, he's going to obliterate that record as well. So it's quite phenomenal, uh, his stats right now. All right. What were his three Group 1 winners? Uh, Jiggle and Jive was his first. Uh, Was my ultimate Levi one? I'm not sure. Ask the Brains Trust who are with us, Darren and Ryan. Mm. Okay. Morning, guys. Yeah, morning. Teddy Disco, my ultimate Levi. Yeah, I knew my old man Levi, yeah, Teddy Disco. I would have got to him. I would have got to him. But I remember his first, Jiggle and Jive. So, uh, but just on that, uh, Darren, uh, you love crunching numbers. So, um, two months, 26 days, Daryl Douglas, Chris Alford. Uh, but that was done during September, October, November. The fact that we've gone January, February, March, February's a short month, surely he's going to obliterate this record. It certainly shapes up that way. And I think if you look at it from the fact too, Chris, of um, across a whole season of breaking it down, what it equates to winners per day across a whole season. So um, Pete McMullen, his 315 worked out at 0.86 winner per day uh, across the season. As it currently sits, Nathan's 1.14 winners averaging per day. So... It's a it's a fairly distinct difference, and um, yeah, if he doesn't get there today, I'd probably be pushing it today. You'd imagine by tomorrow night he's there. Mm. Um, is there anything else that stands out uh, as far as drivers that have been able to record this sort of feat? Uh, you know, a, a century of wins in such a quick period of time. We well, look at the um, at uh, Pete McMullen's season in um, twenty twenty one in the 315 winners that year. So good effort there. Like I said, 0.86 winners per day. He didn't get his 100th winner till the 24th of May uh, that year. So you look at where he's currently sitting, Nathan, with uh, 97. Um, a point that um, that Ryan made to me during the week, which is probably um, worth taking on as well, Queensland with two big carnivals this year, the Constellations and the... Um, the Inter-Dominion Carnival later in the year, that possibly could impact um, you know, his numbers when we get a, a big influx of horses. But uh, the way he's currently going, um, you know, he's going superb on that numbers per, sort of per week. And five, four and three in the last three days uh, here in, at Albion Park and then Redcliffe. So um, it, it's amazing to, to see how consistently he's seeing them. And like I said, you know, not at not at short prices, a few long prices, all in the middle. It's just, um, yeah, he's winning from everywhere. Mm. Ryan, uh, good morning to you. As a form analyst, um, are you rating his drives a little higher given his current sort of, you know, hot streak right now? 
perhaps Chris. Good morning, guys. Um, certainly he's just been flying the last few months. Um, I think we're all going to start paying a bit of a Nathan Dawson tax price-wise. But, um, yeah, you can't discount anything that he's getting on because he's driving in such white-hot form. Mm. I've got this memory that last year, Darren, uh, when him and Pete were sort of, you know, churning out all these winners, I think he took about four months and 25 days to, to bring up a, a century, but he's easily going to eclipse that. I, I do have a, a homework question for you. Most winners in a week by a Queensland driver and how many? Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of help here. I don't know for certain, but I've got a pretty good idea. I reckon it might have been through that record-setting year of Pete McMullen. I reckon he drove 15 winners in a week um, a couple of seasons ago. So that, that's a, a little bit of homework for you that you can come up with an answer for next Wednesday morning. Yeah, well, I'll have to uh, have to get onto that. I'll be delving deep into the archives. I might not come out. I might go down too many rabbit holes here, Chris. <laughs> It's just phenomenal, get, though, isn't it? It is. I can get sidetracked, don't worry. But, um, yeah, just he's just seeing them from everywhere. And, um, you know, like five on Tuesday, four on Wednesday, three on Friday. So if he follows that sequence, um, he gets to 100 tomorrow night. You'd, you'd pencil him in for two today and one tomorrow. But, of course, you know, that's not, doesn't, not how it works. So... But, um, you know, horses he's getting on that he's never driven before, as horses he's getting on that he's got good relationship with, and, you know, horses that you don't expect to be in a certain position they get to. So um, I think it'd be, uh, it'd probably top it off if he could get, say, a, a feature win to bring up the 100. But he was also the first to 100 last year, even though it was Pete McMullen that won the, the champion, or the, the premiership. It's one of those things that, you know, not falling foul of the stewards can be a big thing. And we've seen that with Pete this year. He's copped a, a couple of stints on the sideline, which has severely sort of hampered his run at the three-peat. Mm. It's a fair point, Brian, though, that with the carnival just around the corner, our constellations, really strong time of year, a lot of interstate horses uh, will arrive. And then with the Inter Dominion later in the year, it'll just be interesting to see if he picks up a couple of extra drives or does it become just a little cold because you know those drivers have got or those horses have got their own drives it will be interesting to see how that plays out yeah i think there'll be a natural regression through those periods of, of carnival time because there's just so many interstate runners that come um so really he's perhaps got to knock over this feat of driving 300 winners roughly in 11 months and as darren just outlined the, the most critical thing is uh staying on the track and avoiding suspension and uh, and he will get he will get there Mm, yeah, no doubt about it. One horse that he is set to be driving in the coming weeks, uh, this horse has arrived and it'll be interesting to see which way they go. I dare say the APG four-year-old series is going to be a target. My alderman Byron, who's a Group 1 winner, he's arrived in Queensland and I'm told that Nathan has been booked to drive that horse. So whether he goes up against Leap to Fame or they can just sort of plot a, a different course and avoid him, time will tell. But uh, there's another good drive that he's got just around the corner, Captain Shuffles. He's probably about three weeks away from a return to racing, so there's another one that he's going to have. So uh, he's got a little bit of firepower still to come, as we know, Teddy Disco out of action for the next couple of months. Just whilst we're talking about drivers too, Darren, I just want to throw a few at you and our listeners this morning. Most century of winners. Who do you reckon has driven the most century of winners for harness racing in Australia? Uh, in Australia... 
It'd either be Chris Alford or Gavin Lang. Correct. The late grade Gavin Lang, 35. Who was the first driver to register a century of wins in a single season? Oh. There's a Queensland link here too. Um. We've got to go back to the 1969-70 season, so it's a long time ago. I wasn't born then. There is a Queensland link. Uh, Vic Frost? Correct. Correct. Uh, first Metropolitan Century driver. Oh. Go West. Steve has spoken uh, to this person. Chris Lewis? No. Think of uh, Gallup's trainer in the West. Justin Warwick? No. Think, think three, three strikes and you're out. Fred Kersley, Chris. <laughs> Fred Kersley, correct. And most successive century of winners. Who do you think uh, leads that tally right now? Uh, most successive century. Driver? Yeah. It'd have to be Chris Alford, wouldn't it? Correct. Correct. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. Just we'll keep following. Yep. Uh, my ultimate buyer, and you said he's in Queensland, Chris. Just, um, do you know who's training that horse? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I know he has arrived, and I'm told that Nathan has first option as driver. Okay. Just uh, just looking that horse up now, it's actually in the name of N. Dawson as the trainer. Well, there you go. He, he trained a winner earlier in the week. He trained a trotting winner, so he can do it all. Columbia yeah, DC so, uh, came up here as a 50 start mate, and now he's on the board as a winner. So he can get them going. So there you have it. And I think there might be another one. Um, my ultimate, is it Johnny? Or I'll have to double yeah, check. That's but there's definitely as well. A, okay, there you go. There you go. Well, we've been and on the his confidence, if nothing else, if he's listening, he might have trouble getting his head through the door. <laughs> <laughs> As Ryan said, we'll, we'll start paying a, an endorse and tax soon, the way he's going. So, And just while we're on the Alderman horses, my Alderman, Levi, he's back in town as well. A Group 1 winner for Nathan, but I don't think he's under the care of Nathan. This one, he might be in a different stable, but he could be here for a shot at a race like the Hayden. Yeah, he'd be certainly one that fits in that category. So he's a, a feature race winner and um, spent some time down with Emma Stewart. So, um, yeah... Word on the grapevine is they could be chasing a Hayden slot, that's for sure. OK, well, let's get down to business. Let's focus on Albion Park coming through tomorrow night. Feature night of racing as well because we've got the Jim McNeil Trotting Championship final. We've got the hour over and over Trotters Marathon. They're our two feature events. They come through as races four and six. Guys, let's start with the hour over and over Trotters Marathon. Uh, early scratching here, five Scruffy Doolan. Darren, how did you sort of uh, assess this field when they, uh, that, when they release fields earlier in the week? Yeah, it's always a tricky one when we go over sort of a, a longer trip, 3,157 metres. So it's um, probably only raced once a, a year, which is in this Trotters Marathon. So um, you sort of got to take a little bit more out of that. I think you're copying a 20-metre handicap over that that trip. It's probably not too big a concern, I would have thought, especially if you're a good beginner. Um, Majestic Harry, he certainly brings all the form um, 
to this race. If you look back through his form, he's, he's got the 20 metres. Last start, he took on a Group 1 mobile mile race. He was only beaten 12 metres. They've gone 52-6 in that race. The start prior in the lead-up to that race probably could have been um, a bit of a hard luck story out of that race, beaten 3.5 metres uh, in that race. It was the 2300 mobile. So he goes back to the tapes here. He's probably his last... Um, you know, a dozen or so runs have all been from the mobile. So um, he gets back into... He, is a, he has shown previously he's a good stand-start horse, but, um, yeah, sort of after so many runs at the mile, whether that's a factor, I'm not too sure. Uh, Red Castleton, he's going really well. The trip probably doesn't bother him. Um, Call Me Trouble's the intriguing runner, and we get back to, um, to, to N Dawson here. And first up, he just wasn't comfortable behind the mobile at all pretty good run considering the circumstances and then uh, he's come out and trialled since and that trial was really sharp I actually think that even though he doesn't have um, you know much winning form over the sort of beyond 2600 the 13 furlongs I don't think it should worry him and I, I'm happy to, to have him as my top pick I think he comes with the right form from New Zealand and um, yeah I, I think he can get the job done there call me trouble number eight Okay, Ryan, I'm keen on your thoughts on his trial effort. To the eye, it looked really impressive. Time-wise, really strong. Last half, excellent. How did you assess that trial? Yeah, I loved it, Chris. But also, too, catching my eye in that trial was CK Spur for Matt Elkins. So price-dependent here, I'll actually be looking to back both uh, CK Spur and Call Me Trouble. Yeah, he's an interesting horse, CK Spur, lovely big trotter, covers plenty of ground. So he's been competing down in Adelaide and Globe Derb, and by the look of it, he's been coming off some really big marks. So off 10 metres, uh, he looks well-placed here. Yeah, they do, and they're, and they're kind of the fresh blood to the to the trotting ranks. I, um, I like both their chances, without a doubt. OK, what about the other new horse that lines up here, Andover Love? Uh, for the, the Daryl Graham stable, and Daryl's going to take the drive on this runner. You follow Sydney form. Is Andover Love capable of upsetting here in the uh, marathon? He certainly does have talent, Chris, but I think overall his form has been a shade disappointing. Okay. All right. So we're looking at uh, CK Spur and Call Me Trouble, the newcomers there in the marathon. So let's focus now on the Jim McNeil. Tab have got the market up for this race. Bamper's been easy. Five out from full 40. Natty Pagger, 26. Easy. Every second counts. The favourite, but drifting. 460 out from four. Set Me Free, 15 out from 10. Aurora, 100 to one. Hammersung, 23 in from 34. So a little bit of specking there. Hello, Jolene, Jolene. 17 in from 23. I'm the Commando, 23 out from 19. Regal Appointment, 23 out from 15. Uh, Matatoki, 81. He's the emergency. Riley Moment, 8 out from 6.50. Jack a watch is a market mover. $6 after opening at 15. Naughty Naughty, 18 out from 12. Zealous Spur, $8 out from 6.50. Carmanna, $10 in from 13. So, Ryan, looking at that market, not much of a lead there at, at this point with the, the fluctuations. Chris, has it been an easier race to sort out this year than the Jim McNeil final? I would argue definitely not. I think there's at least 10 clear winning hopes. So, yeah, too tricky for me. OK. Darren, how do you see it? Yeah, it's it's one of the great, um, great additions of the McNeil series. And I think making the task even tougher is quite a number of runners have never gone over... 
um, 13 furlongs, which is, you know, pretty remarkable considering the trotters tend to, to get plenty of long-distance races. Every second counts the favourite for the race. Never been over the trip, never been longer than 2,300. So, um, you know, and then, you know, you look at a horse like Car Manor, one of the heat winners, doesn't have a win beyond 2100 or 2200 so um, there's plenty to to sort of pull apart there which makes it all the more even the one that i'm going with here is from the dixon stable he's got a strong hand on the race um is actually regal appointment looking to become the first horse to go back to back he's only had two runs back from a long spell both through this series first one wasn't really bustled at all and Car Manor took off in that race and he just sort of kept coming to the line and then last week um, safely away from the 20 metre tape ended up sort of left exposed um, sort of he was out he was leading the one wide line he didn't really get up to the leader um, until turning out to the 800 and then runs sort of came in front of him coming to the line he was again never bustled just sort of trucked home there was a bit of uh, action in front of him. Didn't get the cleanest of runs to the line. Only beaten 6.7 metres behind the stable mate Banff, who got that shot up the passing lane. So um, what we saw of Regal Appointment last year when he first arrived, he just went off the ball and then he's had that spell. I think um, he's come back pretty nice and I think it sets up nicely for him. Just needs to negotiate the traffic, which capacity field can always be hard to do. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a very difficult race for Jim McNeil. Steve, there's a story in this race that you would absolutely uh, love because it, it's quite fascinating, really, and it's been uh, well documented during the week by Jordan Gearins from Racing Queensland. Two local trainers here, Steve, had two horses. One was a pacing mare called Borderline, which was originally trained by Richard Hutchison, and Jonah Hutchison took on this trotter every second counts. They didn't really like their own horses so rather than sell they just said well why don't we do a clean swap here they're not related jonah or richard so they swap their horses jonah's had good success so he's now got the pacing mare borderline he's won a few races so he's happy and here's every second counts who's made a clean sweep of the series so far taking both he's lining up in this final so if he walks away with this final you could say he's got the better end of the deal but as it stands right now both parties have walked away really happy after a clean swap. It's it's quite fascinating that story I find. Tomorrow night's Jim McNeil, well, Chris. Yeah, yeah, it's just really different. It is an no relation. Mm. Yeah, no relation between the two, and they just said we'll swap, and here they are. So that's uh, Albion Park tomorrow night. Darren, what is your best bet on the card tomorrow night? Yeah, I thought it was a. Um... A little bit of a tricky evening tomorrow night overall, I thought, especially, you know, that McNeil race highlights that. Um, I'm sticking with one, or going back to one, it's been a little bit costly. Race three, number nine, the high commander. He's been runner-up his last probably half dozen in a row, but I think he finally finds the race, uh, even though he's drawn the second line where he can dominate. Um, doesn't look as strong as what he has been meeting. I think he gets the right run through early and um, he's versatile enough that Pete McMullen can either look to put him into the race early and be too strong for his opposition or he can just be saved up for, for one closing run. But uh, I think tomorrow night is the night that the high commander can break through for a qualifying victory. Race three, number nine. Okay, race three, number nine, your best bet. Have you got some numbers for the quaddy? Because I... I reckon if you do, well, we'll need a, a pen full of ink because uh, there might be some numbers being thrown in, especially with that second leg being the other uh, Jim McNeil. Yeah, I've definitely played that one really wide. In that first leg, um, 
I'm going the numbers four, eight, and nine. Um, Asterism back in Queensland, back to the Graham Dwyer stable now. Um, good form, three starts back. Actually broke the Armadale track record over the 1900 metre trip with a really slick effort. Um, I think he, he probably needs to get to the front, whether he can, bit of speed inside him, but I think he can do it. Um, throwing in eight Mostel Mac and nine Cheetah Lodge. The McNeil series, a leg two. Uh, this is the one where we're playing wide Banff, um, a heat winner and runner-up in the other heat. You've got every second counts, number three, throwing in number eight on the commando with a good getaway. He's always there. Regal appointment, uh, Riley moment, naughty naughty and zealous spur all in there. So one, three, eight, nine, eleven, thirteen and fourteen. It was... Uh, Pretty tough one, that one for sure. The third leg going numbers six, seven, and nine. I've got number seven on top, Scarlet Babe, drawn wide, but um, back to, to Mare's grade will certainly help her out after a few runs back from a spell now, including also Speed Dating and Miss Macho, who was a, a good first up winner for Ronnie Salas. And in the final leg, um, I thought Pete McMullen, he gets the drive on Vindigate. He might just be able to get the best out of this mare and um, throwing in number 10 as well, Miss Daytona. She's a very one-pace mare, but uh, she can keep going. And at number three, Josiah, she's racing in top form as well. So three, four, and 10 to bring it home. Okay, bottom line, I think we should be uh, looking at value tomorrow night as far as the quaddy is concerned, because some of those uh, legs look really tough. Your best bet comes up as race three, number nine, the high commander. Ryan, do you have an early fancy for tomorrow night at the creek? Uh, Chris, in the last, I'm going to stick with the Nathan Dawson-Donnie Smith combination. I'm hoping number one, Storm Tide, comes up at around even money or just a shade odds on, and uh, he looks well-placed to go close. Okay, race 10, number one, at Ryan's best bet. As far as the uh, the dashboard is concerned, uh, Darren, is it up and running? What are we looking at? Yeah, it's up and running there. Got the best bet, the quaddy, early quaddy numbers. Um, I thought that race 10, the one that Ryan just mentioned, was a good race to play the exotics, um, anchoring Storm Tide out in front and um, either Copperfield or Paravani sort of running second and then throwing a heap there for third. Um, of course, he's all we've been talking about the last couple of days. So Nathan Dawson, he's the driver to follow. It could be the night he brings up the ton for the year. And uh, Classy Washington is one that uh, I think finally draws a marble to uh, win a race this season. He ended his last campaign with Angus Garrard getting tipped out of the bike and um, was bad luck there. And he seems to have had bad luck right the way through this campaign. But um, he can turn the tide tomorrow night. Okay, so that's race nine, number two, Classy Washington. A little bit different as far as the setup is concerned tonight. Uh, we've got Menangle racing tonight because Bathurst will take centre stage tomorrow. So, Darren, just keep your jets uh, cool there. We'll, we'll focus on Bathurst in just a moment. Menangle tonight. Ryan, this is your domain. Have we got any good things there for tonight? Yeah, Chris, I'm really keen. Race three, uh, Lightning Dan, Cam Hart, Jason Grimson combination here. He slots into a no national ratings race, and this fella brings the form lines of being running fifth, being beaten 13 metres in the Chariots of Fire by Catch a Wave. $1.80, I can see him jumping super short. Okay, so we'll get that uh, now. $1.80 about Lightning Dan. That's race three, number 10. Uh, let me just ask you about a few of these other races tonight. What about race four, the uh, Waratah final? Any early thoughts on this one? The favourite Stella's Delight? 
Yeah, pretty even race, Chris. Stella's Delight is certainly my on-top pick, but with no strong conviction. Okay, race five, the Autumn Gift Final tonight. Favouritism here sits with four. Heaven on High, 240. Very good race. Double Act and Heaven on High will both tussle early to try and sort out the front. If Double Act does everything right, he probably is the leader and Heaven on High might be parked out. If that's the case, it brings in the Jason Grimson runner in the form of Tegan Banner. He can certainly finish over the top if that map plays out. Okay, and race six to three for all spirit of St. Louis, all eyes on him. There'll be a lot of eyes on him from Perth tonight because we know he's bound for the Nullarbor, the slot race over there. He's a dollar fifty-five. Uh, hasn't started since the Miracle Mile. Are you expecting him to score tonight? Oh, Chris, he's certainly the horse to beat. I don't think I want to play though at a dollar fifty-five from that middle gate. The one guaranteed thing in the free-for-all here tonight is that where you've been bopping will fire out and lead them up. I think at around the dollar seventy-five place quote, that looks good shopping. Okay, so where you've been bopping the place there in the free-for-all. So, good card of racing there. Eight in total at Menangle. But the best bet is race three, number 10, Lightning Dan. Darren, Bathurst, tomorrow night. Big card of racing there. The two Group 1 features. The Gold Tiara final for the two-year-old Phillies. Race seven, the Gold Crown final. Race number eight. What are your thoughts on race seven? The favourite here is the uh, Queensland-owned Philly Luxa Turner at 2.30. Yeah, and, and she'll need to be every bit as good as um, we think, and Ricky Alton thinks she is to, to overcome that second line. It's never an easy task, um, especially considering she's following out, um, you know, a, a long hope there. Perpetuity draws really well. Will come into gate three with the um, emergency not required. So she's only had the one start, and that was in the heat of the series, and she dominated that really well. So um, she's got sort of experience against her but um, geez Luxa Turner's been really good outside of those two it's really hard to make a case of there being any sort of upset but uh, it is two year old racing anything can happen but uh, I, th I think Luxa Turner um, with what we've seen can can overcome perpetuity in that race Okay Ryan have you got any thoughts on this group one feature tomorrow night? Yeah, Chris, really like the Bathurst Gold Crown Carnival. The field's an excellent top-notch, and the heat racing has been um, really competitive. Uh, Luxaturn is certainly the horse to beat here. She's got the score on the board. However, the back row draw makes it tough. Uh, the play for me, though, is number two, Aramit Girl. Cam Hart takes the drive here. He got on in the heat. She sat leaders back, zipped through in 56. Um, if she gets a cheap quarter out in front or... If Luxa Turner is made to work overtime to get around them, I think she's the one. Okay. That's going to be a good race. The Phillies final. Best of luck to the Laspina family with Luxa Turner. As far as the boys' final is concerned, this is going to be a ripper. We've got equal favourites. Chart Topper, Timmy Richter, 2.30 each of two. Soho Spectra, 4.80. Darren, which way are you going? Yeah, well, it's... Um, was it Chart Topper, the one you said last week, Chris, that's come to this yeah. carnival and... Yeah, well, um, it certainly did it easily in the heat. Draws perfectly gate one for the final. Um, Amanda Turnbull, interestingly, jumps on this time. So um, she'll certainly give it every hope. Timmy Richter, he was just as impressive, and he draws directly behind. So um, it'll be interesting what sort of um, tactics are employed early by those to the outside, whether they really want to get involved early with Chart Topper or... Um, and, and that could po possibly dictate what happens in the rest of the race. Um, I'm happy. 
I'm happy to play again with Mr. 4000. Um, he did the right thing by us last week, and um, he's come up at huge odds, and I think we'll just play him for a place in a race that uh, could really be sort of uh, peg-dominated. Okay, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this? Could it be, you know, leader-behind-leader leader scenario, or do we just need to take that map and throw it out? Might have lost him, Chris. Yeah, okay. So maybe he's not keen on that final. There's uh, plenty of other good races coming through there tomorrow night at Bathurst as well. Races four, five, and six, certainly worth mentioning as well. Race number four tomorrow night. Uh, this is the Bathurst Mayor's Cup. Uh, Darren, how did you see this one? The favourite Sicario, 260 over Bundoran, 320. Yeah, Sicario will have his work cut out from inside the second line, but he's got the right man on, Cam Hart probably be wanting to get away from the inside at some stage you would imagine in that and that probably gives um, Bundor an upper hand in that um, they probably look to have a bit of a, a class edge on that and yeah so I think I'd be happy to take Bundor and just the fact that he'll be into the running line and, and might even zip around them pretty early the, um, he's got a fair class edge off those off the front line that's for sure Okay, Ryan's back with us. Ryan, what were your thoughts on the gold crown, the boys? Is it going to be leader behind leader with uh, the two favourites or that's not the, the play tomorrow night? Yeah, Chris, it said that's certainly the play, leader behind leader there with Chart Topper and Timmy Richter. Soho Spectre, he's going to have to get around him nice and early and do the work. I'm really keen Timmy Richter can set leaders back and zip through and get the job done. His first start was his heat. He went 54-9, three deep off the track. At the bell, it was... I don't think too many horses debut better than that, so he's clearly, yeah. for me, at 2.30. Yeah, he was stunning winning that heat the other day, Timmy Richter. So that's going to be a good final, no question about it. Uh, the three-year-old features tomorrow night, races five and six, the gold bracelet here for the Phillies, the favourite, Major Delight, who was beaten for the first time in the heat behind the Oaks winner, Windy Hill Tara, 2.60, Major Delight. Darren, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, well, she's given no favours again here outside the front line and will come in two spots if the emergencies aren't required. So she will get into to gate six. So um, she'll have to be at her very best and especially with Jewel Melody drawing uh, two horses to her inside. So um, you'd be expecting Jewel Melody to be pressing on. Savion's a, a handy performer down in gate one. Um, yeah, just torn whether to, to get, stick with Windy Hill Tara or... Um, or whether she can sort of where she ends up from that second line gate. So it's only the sprint trip. So we could be seeing plenty of fireworks early, those wide ones. So um, I think Jewel Melody for me, just the fact that she's two horses in from Major Delight, but don't don't be surprised if Major Delight comes out and makes a statement there, that's for sure, from the wider okay. gate. All right. Well, that given the barrier draw for that race, it could be a proper race tomorrow night. Uh, tempting Tigress was very impressive downing Jewel Melody. Ryan, what were your thoughts on the three-year-old Phillies feature? Yeah, Chris, it should be handlebars down here with such a jam-packed field. There's six really high-quality horses in the race. Um, I'm with you, mate. I think Tempting Tigress is the play here. I think if she drifts out back to sort of the $5 each way mark, she is a definite play. David Moran takes the drive for Emma Stewart. You could make a strong argument. There's actually... Maybe she's gone to Major Delight's level off her past uh, two performances where she ran her to a head in the Vic Bread final on New Year's Eve and then her heat win parking outside Jewel Melody and, and crushing her. 
um, if they go fast and hard, I think she can get over the top. But in saying that, it is Bathurst and it is pretty tricky from that map. Okay, it's a, that's a good race, that one. And as far as the gold chalice for the three-year-old Colts and Geldings, is he a lock, the Derby winner? Better be the best? Yep, love him. $1.55, Nathan Turnbull, the Derby winner. I just like how he's a bit of a take-no-prisoners type. He just gets out, gets rolling and gets going. He's uh, fun to watch and, yeah, I hope he takes it out. Okay, so he could start shorter? Uh, yeah, I've marked him about a dollar forty. so yes. Yeah, okay. Darren, your thoughts on better be the best? Yeah, I think he's um, he will be the best in that race tomorrow night and... Um, Really excited if if he really can put a put a space on him and what he can do because um, I've said it before Nathan Turbo one of the drivers with the most flair going about and um, that'd be his first Group One on his home track so I'd imagine there'd be a, a fair old salute coming up. Yeah, no doubt about that. So we'll watch with interest there. Don't forget later this afternoon, coming through from Auckland, uh, three really good races to focus on tonight, races six, seven and eight. So we've got the Derby, we've got the Oaks, and we've got that free-for-all as well. In the Oaks, no surprise, Millwood Nike, unbeaten, 10 starts, 10 victories. She's unbackable. She's at four. So that's race six, that race at 5 o'clock Queensland time. The Derby at 5.25. Uh, the favourite here is Merlin, so a dollar eighty-five for Merlin. If he wins this derby tonight, there could be an invitation heading his way for a shot at the Rising Sun. And as far as the free-for-all is concerned, later tonight, uh, that race at five fifty-nine. So all within the space of an hour. Uh, the favourite coming through there. Uh, well, that's the Cardigan Bay. But uh, the other feature there tonight is race number five, uh, race nine, I should say, which is the uh, free-for-all. Copy that at dollar seventy. So. Good program coming through from Auckland tonight. And there could be some Queensland input there, depending on who takes out some of those features, because a few of those horses are certainly headed this way. So we'll wait and see. Speaking of announcements, still no Australian driver representative uh, has been announced as far as the World Driving Championship is concerned. This comes up in August over in Berlin. Um, if I put you both on the spot right now, Darren, uh, who are you going with? Do you, do you reward Pete McMullen for what he's done over the last two years? Are you going with the man that's in super hot form right now, Nathan Dawson? Are you going with the the, the, the king of Sydney right now, Cam Hart, because he won the Inter-Dominion? Out of those three, which way would you be leaning? If it was out of those three, Chris, uh, I'd give it to Pete McMullen as the reigning Australian um, premiership holder. Um, yeah, like I mentioned previously... I think being in Germany, you want a driver that sort of handles trot as well. And like I said, taking nothing away from Cam Hardy, I'm sure he'd handle everything. But um, just probably doesn't drive the trotters as regularly as, say, a Pete McMullen. Um, or even, you know, if it was outside of those three, I'd, Chris Alford would be the other one. Yeah, well, I don't think it'll be Chris Alford because I think he's already represented the, the, the country before, so they'll look elsewhere. Does Ryan, it have to be a... Who would... Sorry, how yeah, how is on. it chosen? Is it um, a new driver each time, or? Well, I think that the, the goalposts have moved. Yeah. Because I think they used to sort of work state by state and pick a driver okay. from a state, but I think it has sort of changed in recent times. So, still yet to get that announcement. So, it shouldn't be too far away. Ryan, which way would you go? Chris, I think it's an easy decision. I think Pete's the logical choice. Uh, what he's done over the last three years in the sulky is. Amazing. Yep, he gets my vote. 
Okay. Another big stat for a driver here in Queensland. I think he's only probably five wins away from a big milestone. 3,000 career wins. Speaking of guys that have represented Australia at a World Drivers' Championship, Shane Graham. So I think he's on 2,995 career wins. So you'd think he'd uh, bring up that uh, big milestone sooner rather than later. He's got some good drives today and he's got some good drives tomorrow night. Yeah, well, he's certainly well on track. He'd probably got that by the end of next week for sure. And um, yeah, whoever does get that that gig to to Germany, if they if they're listening and they need someone to carry their bags, I'm I'm pretty handy at that as well. Oh, there's a blatant push there. Uh, now we're about to wrap up. Best bets for the weekend, anywhere, anytime over the next couple of days. If you've got to put your last fifty on something, Darren, where are you going? Yeah, I'm happy to stick tomorrow night with the high commander. I'm I'm really keen on his chances tomorrow night. So that was the case. I did have one today, but I just noticed it's been scratched. So I can't go for that one. So we'll stick with the high commander tomorrow. Best of the weekend. Okay, Ryan, your best bet anywhere this weekend. Uh, yeah, mate, I'd stick with Lightning Dan tonight and then I'd roll it all into Better Be The Best at uh, in the Gold Chalice tomorrow night. 